Hello, fellow travelers, and thank you once again for joining me on the Unbroken Ground. My name is Paul, and you are joining me for episode 41, titled, Where Are We Now? That's episode 41, so as you may be keeping track at home, we have 12 episodes left, um, and uh, this is one of them. Uh, so before the, the next 12, um, I am looking for different suggestions for topics so you can shoot a you can shoot a message uh, at email that's the unbroken ground at gmail.com or you can find us at the Facebook page uh, Facebook forward slash the unbroken ground or on Instagram if you have a topic uh, that's burning in your brain that you want to you want to hear me jabber on about um, you can submit that and I've got a couple already but we are getting close to the end. This is, yeah, there's 12 episodes left. I'm hoping that by 9 or 8 or 5, I don't know, I haven't decided yet, that I'll have some topics that are requested by you guys so that I will have some special episodes talking about the things you want us to talk you want me to talk about. I'm um, also super excited because I think that I'm going to be able to put together some uh, dual... Um, podcast uh, with some friends over the next couple of weeks and so I'm excited about that as well but no guarantees yet those are those are still in the plans so hopefully uh, along with the weekly um, talk there will also be some some fun stuff in there as well with friends uh, so again thank you for uh, joining uh, this is episode 41 uh, where are we now um, where are we now where are we now one of those um, it just depends on how you read it, I guess. So thank you for joining me, and let's jump in. So the topic that I want to just unpack tonight um, for this, this podcast is the idea of following God and making decisions and how all of that works together. Um, and I am just going to be mostly um, self-biographical here. I'm just going to talk about myself and my experience. Uh, and hopefully that will relate to some of the things that you've seen or known or questions that you have, um, depending on where you're at. Um, so for me, I cannot remember a time when I wasn't a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, there was times when I wasn't. Um, so I, I accepted Jesus officially when I was eight years old and got baptized. And from that point, I have been a follower of Christ. Uh, there, was a, there was a time in junior high where I kind of worked through some of the issues of my faith and had a crisis of belief, which is one of the, if you follow the, the psychology of norming and storming into your own beliefs, is one of those stages. And so from there, um, from that from that that crisis of faith i moved into a very committed at the end of my uh, eighth grade year i went to summer camp i rededicated my life i committed my life to uh, full-time ministry whatever that might look like and i've lived underneath that lens since that point and for me, the idea has been, am I open to where God directs me? 
am I open to where I feel like God's calling me to go? And what are the things that would, would keep me from doing that? So when, so, and it's, and this started at a, at a young age for me. Um, my, my senior year in high school, uh, we had just gone to, so, so for several years as a youth group, um, we went to Glorietta, uh, and, and it was an awesome time. And then we went to Super Summer. Super Summer at Hardin Simmons in Abilene, Texas. Uh, it's hot. There are no mountains. There, uh, you, you're in a college dorm. You're eating college food. And God just was like, yeah. He was so real. And he... And, and, I, and I loved it. And, and we... Because previously we've been like, well... We'll go to Glorietta one one summer, and then we kind of take take off because it's more expensive to do that. So we got to find somewhere else to go, and we'll go to Super Summer. And what we found, but as a group, we were just so in love with what Super Summer did that we we never went back to Glorietta. We just kept going to Super Summer, and so fun of the some of the fun things that I think as part of that is that when I was going to summer camp. Some of the people that are now um, famous Christian uh, praise and worship hymnologists, maybe I don't know if you'd call them that, uh, praise worship worship leaders not, that are for for the world, were the people that were playing worship at at my camp. So, for example, Chris Tomlin, uh, when he was just getting his start with Breakaway and College Station, he was my worship leader one summer. Um, he's he's short. He's like five four. Um, he's a short little dude, uh, great singer, <laughs> wonderful man of God. But um, he, that's, I mean, I saw he, he was, before he was Chris Tomlin, he was the guy that just led worship at my, my summer camp. Uh, it's Mercy Me, um, before they sang I Can Only Imagine, uh, led worship there. Um, I don't think David Crowder ever did, uh, but it, he, he could have. Um, I don't think he did though, but but just those were the those were the kind of types of, of worship experiences that I was getting when I would get to go to summer camp, and so we we settled in on that. But one of the things then that both me and um, my best and and probably one of my best friends at the time, um, a guy who was is born on the same day as me. We were born in the same hospital, but we didn't meet until I moved to the little town that I lived in in the, in the second grade. Um, and we both had that um, feeling that God was calling us to full-time ministry. We went to Hardin Simmons for for the Super Summer, and we were both like, "Yeah, I think I want to go to I want to go to college here." So that became the plan for me and for my friend. And my friend did. Um, he ended up uh, graduating and and became eventually one of the reasons that I I ended up in seminary uh, at Hardin Simmons. But for me, my so that was like the the summer of my junior year was that super summer year. Uh, I was in the um, purple school, which was those who kind of felt called to the ministry. Uh, had some really really strong um, experiences there, uh, including uh, as purple school. One of the things that we did so you had different colors of school. You had red red school was the eighth grade, um, so seventh going into eighth grade. Um, Let's see, it was red, 
Oh, man, I haven't thought about this in a while. It was red, then blue was freshman. I think orange was sophomore. I might get this wrong. Who cares? You guys don't know. Maybe you do. Um, and you can send me an email and tell me how wrong I am. But, but orange, yellow, um, green was seniors. Khaki was college people. But then purple was for, for juniors and seniors who had felt the call in ministry. And so we got to go. Uh, we got assigned two of the, the kids that were in red school and not necessarily from our church group just and and all week long uh, we had the opportunity to to write in notes of encouragements to them and uh, at, at one day we went in and we actually went over and actually had a, a feet washing um, ceremony where we, we washed their feet um, it's not the last time that I washed someone's feet but but it's 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 not something that I've done a whole lot of and it's 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 very powerful um, some symbolism uh, to be like Jesus to say I'm 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 gonna be I'm gonna serve I'm gonna wash your feet, uh, and so it was it was impactful. It's one of those things that I remember, and so it's like, yep, I think I want to go to Hard Simmons, and I got to the I it's so vivid to me. Um, I got to the Christmas break of my senior year, and everything I had done, I took I took the ACT, I took the um, I didn't, never took the SAT, so just always the ACT. Did, did fine enough. I took that twice and did well enough on the second one to get some academic scholarships. But um, my, I was like, oh, I don't even know why I would send my scores to any other college because I already know where I'm going, right? I'm going to Hart Simmons. And that, that was the plan. And the, 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 the break, Christmas break of my senior year, God, um, not audibly, we didn't have, sit down and have a conversation, but God spoke to my heart in only ways, and that only way that God can. Um, and He said, "You're not going to go to Hart and Simmons." And I was like, "All right, okay, God, I, I want to do what You want me to do." Um, and so, within a matter of a month, a month and a half, I had figured that out. Um, I had been accepted to a couple other places. I had sent my, um, on a whim, I, I can't remember, I may be misremembering this. I had sent my, I had not sent my scores to all the places, so I had some that I could send to him for free. So I sent, uh, I decided to send my scores to both Angelo State University in San Angelo and also to Tarleton, which is where my parents went to college. And, um, I, but, but it was close enough to the town that I grew up in that that was where the people who couldn't get out of the town I grew up, grew up in went. So you didn't, I didn't want to go there because, you know, well, they, that's too close to home. So, so Angelo State, um, so it ended up that um, one of my coaches uh, was, who had just been hired that year to coach football, and my dad was a football coach, and they knew each other very well. He, he was from Wall, Texas, which is right outside of San Angelo, and he knew somebody um, in the admissions of Angelo State. And he's like, hey, man, I can help you. I will put a good word in for you. You, 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 apply, you, you apply for this scholarship. You qualify. You can get this scholarship. And so I did, um, and I got it because of my ACT score. And I... Um, and I was like, I guess I'm going to Angelo State. I, I thought I was going to Hart and Simmons, but but 
that's not where I'm going. I'm going to Angelo State, and and that's what I did. <laughs> I didn't know anybody. I had never been. Um, so until we had, there was a, a freshman orientation uh, fish camp. Um, it was like a day where you just go. Um, your parents come out to and you guys uh, kind of get the tour of campus and all that kind of stuff. So I, I had never been to San Angelo before that. So I agreed. I, I signed up for a college um, and a town I had never been to. I, it's, I may not have ever really even heard of because I was way out from, from, from central Texas. It was way out in west Texas, although two and a half hours from where I grew up. So not crazy, but I was like, I, I never had even been to the town, but that's where God had me going to college. And, and, and I just remember that, I mean, it's one of those milestones, right? It's one of those stones or remembrances that you pick up. It's an Ebenezer. That's what uh, they talk about in, in, in the Old Testament is that you, or like the stones they pulled out of the Jordan River is like you, you set up a stone and go, hey, this is, this is my reminder that God has brought me here. Um, we sing that song, um, Come Thou Fount, right? And we say, here I raise my Ebenezer. Um, Hither by, the, by thy help I've come. And that's what it means. That's what an Ebenezer means. It means it's only by God's help that I've gotten here. So, so there, so, so there I was. Um, I went one time in June to fish camp. My parents, I think, I think my parents went out with me. Um, I think they stayed like in a hotel, and or we all did. And and then I went to certain things throughout the day, and then they went to certain things, and and um, uh got everything squared away and then I went out again for um, I think that wasn't called fish camp I think fish camp was um, the the weekend before classes started so I went out my parents drove followed me out took all my stuff which wasn't a whole lot my clothes and and settled in and I knew no one um, I uh, it's weird those weird connections the the guy that I got um, pulled out of a hat, his name was the cousin of a guy that went to my church um, or related that way or something like that. So that was that was the only person I knew. And, and I didn't even really know them. Uh, just knew that I knew their, um, were, they were related to somebody that went to my church. So I just started. It was, it was a new, but it was where God had directed me. And so that's that's where I went, and I got involved. Uh, the and I, man, I I was immature and but strong in my faith, but immature as a person, immature as a believer. Um, but I knew I was I was very good at being legalistic. Um, so one of the things like I. Uh, the, my suite mate, so I, it was me and a roommate, and then we had, we shared a bathroom, um, and a, you know, shower, sinks, toilet, all that stuff, with two other people who lived on the other side of the bathroom, our suite mates, and my suite mate, who's one of the nicest dudes in the world, um, but he, he was dating the head of Delta, 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 or Delta Zeta, or I don't know, some, uh, <laughs> 
girl's fraternity and we got there and the first night he was like you want to go to a party and I was like I absolutely am going to go to sleep right now <laughs> I do not um, it's just one of those things that um, for those who know me and if you don't know me I've never ever had a, a drink of alcohol I've never had any kind of I've never smoked anything never had any uh, drugs outside of medication that had been a, uh, assigned to me or over-the-counter and, and I knew that was not who I was. And so it wasn't hard for me. Um, like I said, I, I really appreciated that guy. Um, I, I thought he was a good dude. He, I just, we weren't going to be in the same circles. And I didn't even know really how to um, be, in a, be a, a, like a friend to him because I didn't, I didn't know how to break out of my Christian bubble. Um, so much because I, I mean I grew up in the south conservative as all get out and and one of the things that just was true is that we were like hey don't you know if you hang around with a you know if you hang with it you sleep with the dogs you get fleas right you hang with the wrong people you're gonna get you're gonna pick up on stuff and I and I was like oh I've got to keep myself clean um, I got to be a good witness. So I can't do those things, and and that was not necessarily the reason. I was like, I want to, I want to honor who God has made me to be. But showed up, didn't know anybody. Here I am, Angelo State. Um, got really heavily involved with the Baptist Student Ministry. Met a lot of cool people there. Ma- made a lot of a lot of good friends, um, and through that, um, ended up working for a church. Um, lots of well, lots of roundabout things, but ended up working for a church uh, my senior year of college. Uh, my junior year, I'd worked I'd worked as an intern at a, at one of the bigger churches in town. But that the, that year, the youth minister was he's like, "Hey, I'm getting out of town. I'm going somewhere else." And um, so I uh, ended up working as a part time youth minister um, out on the outskirts of San Angelo, and worked and I did that for three years um, I, I did some um, and as I was doing that of course I was I was getting to the end of my um, so one of the two classes that I took towards the end of my college career that were also kind of defining moments for me and so the first one was a business writing class which I lucked out because they had one professor who hated business students. He he loved to to take the stuff that you created and put up on a and well, kids, sorry, you're not going to understand this, but up on a transparency and project it up <laughs> onto the using the old overhead projector um, and to like circle. And if you made two mistakes, then you failed the whole assignment. And so I got a new guy um, who, who was like, he, he's like, all right, yeah, I'm, uh, which was awesome. Um, and um, one of the things that we had to do was put together a resume. And I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll just make some kind of like business thing up. And I literally had no idea. So I got an undergrad in business. I actually started out in accounting uh, I loved accounting. I probably, if I was going to do something in life, I'd probably be an accountant. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. But when I when it got down to some of the harder things, I was like, oh, 
I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, so I don't want to learn this. So I switched over just to general business. Uh, so I got an undergrad in, in business administration. And so I went to my advisor um, in business administration because I was like, I've got to come up with this resume. So I need, to, I need to create some job that I'm applying for. And so I went to, and I, I'll never forget this. He was a, he was a, um, he was a management teacher, management professor, uh, who had come out of the NSA. So um, basically, he worked for the National Security um, NSA. Yeah, he worked for the government and security, and then he was a professor of management. And I was like, hey. I have this degree, what can I do with this? And he flat out looked at me, college professor and all, said, I have no clue what you could do with that. And he's like, there's a career center in the, um, the UC, the Union Center, there's a career office, you can go find something there. And I was like, all right. This is going really well. Uh, so I, I went over there and I looked at this big book. They have this big yellow book that's like, oh, you have this degree? Here's all the things you can do. Uh, and none of them um, struck me as things that I wanted to do. So I made the choice of just applying for what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a youth minister. I wanted to work for a church. Uh, and so that's what I that's what I put my... Um, resume in for. Um, I did not know whether the, the professor I had was a believer or didn't like Christians. I didn't know. Um, but ended up being a, a pretty cool kind of thing. Like he actually gave me some tips on how to do the interview and like how to answer some of the questions. And, uh, and he had no problems with that. But it was, it was again, it was one of those things of like, oh, I am getting this undergrad degree because I eventually, because I had this future plan of at one day going to seminary. In order to go to seminary, you gotta have an undergrad degree. Seminary generally doesn't care what the undergrad degree is. Now, some people would say, hey, you should probably do undergrad Bible. But for those that are keeping score at home, if you do undergrad Bible, what happens, you actually do a bunch of um, courses undergrad that you then go back and take at a seminary level. So for example, like New Testament. You take that at undergrad level, you take that as a seminary level. Um, yes, they're different. Yes, they're going to have different focuses. Yes, it's going to be more, but you don't necessarily have to have a Bible undergrad to go to seminary. You just need to have a degree. And so I knew what I wanted to do. And, and so I'm hoping, and this is what I hope. Uh, I didn't pay as much attention as I should have. I didn't learn as many things as I probably should have about business because I knew I just wasn't going to do that. Um, so, but I'm hoping doctors pay way better attention than I do. I hope, because um, I, I mean, it was easy. I love that it was easy. I love that I chose something that was super easy for me. Um, but I love to learn, and so I have no issue with the fact that I learned all of these things. I mean, there was a level, right? I, like I said, I got to a level of accounting and I was like, mm, I don't think I want to learn all of those things. It's just not worth it for me. So there's a level. There's a level that I was like, but I love to learn. And so I didn't mind learning some things. I didn't mind learning about business. I didn't mind going to management classes and marketing classes and all those things. I just didn't, I just didn't necessarily um, sit try to create um, 
life skills out of the things I was learning because I knew I wasn't that wasn't really where I was headed. And so that that's one story. The other story of my senior year is we had this finance class, um, business finance. The lot it's a capstone course, and what you do is you go and you play this game against other groups. And so you have four or five people that um, form a company, and then your company competes against other companies by uh, basically putting in all this information into a, a simulation. Uh, and then once a week, the professor runs the simulation, and then from there, you, you find out how you're doing. So I was the numbers guy, me and a, a guy named Frank, who was from Germany. We were the numbers guy. We put together Excel sheets. We got it, we got it down to a science. I think by the second week, there was, there was, we were so far ahead um, because we did so well. We were so far ahead that nobody could have caught us anyway, and so we just kept going. Um, we destroyed everybody. Um, we we expanded into foreign markets faster than anybody did. We we cornered the market in places that nobody else could. It was a lot of fun. Um, we put together. I put together the financial reports. Frank did that too. We had a couple other guys who who um, worked on some some other th- type things in there. Um, and one day, and so we were, we're just killing it. I mean, we are just so far ahead. Um, and one day, um, Frank, who was not a Christian, um, came to me, or was we were talking, and he's like, man, you're not going to go into finance? You're not going to go into business? And I was like, no, no, that's not, that's, not what I'm, that's not my hopes. That's not my dreams. That's not what I'm supposed to do. And he goes, man, you're wasting. You're wasting your talent. Um, and I was like, well, I, maybe. <laughs> I think I think at the time I was like, oh well, I'm gonna use some of this stuff. I mean, you know, if you work for a church, you're gonna need to know how to budget things. And and he's like, yeah, I don't know, man, you're you're just wasting it. You're wasting. You're good. Uh, and I was like, ah, funny story. I mean, um, funnier story. Funny, funny, funny twist of the story. Is a couple years later, maybe five or ten years down the road, Frank found me on Facebook to say, hey man. I am. Uh, I'm working for some nonprofit stuff now. Uh, it was for the environment. It wasn't necessarily for uh, the Christian world, but still, he was like, "I get it. I get. I get what you're. I get why um, you this are doing what or what you or why you did what you did. That there was something more than just make money. Because um, he was like, you could go make money. Uh, you would be good." And I was like, that's it's not my motivation. That's not it's not what I'm chasing after. And so, so senior year comes and goes. I graduate. Uh, I stay on at uh, the church that I've been doing part time youth ministry. Um, doing a lot of stuff, learning a lot of things. First, first kind of um, ministry on my own. Um, doing, I mean, just wonderful memories of that. And I also um, about halfway through that, I got a job working for. I. I working for a a music store in town, uh, selling musical instruments, terrible at that. Um, I'm not terrible at selling musical instruments. So here's the deal. Before the internet, kids, all right, so we're going back to before things like Amazon and before things like eBay and before things like Guitar guitar Musician's Friend and, and Guitar Center were things, and so you didn't know how much stuff should cost. And so our music store, um, had a system, and there were three prices. There was the uh, there was basically the sticker price, which nobody sold it at. There was the the 
M price, which was the suggested value, and then there was the S price, which was what the lowest you could sell it at, and you just weren't making any profit at that. And I just had a hard time as a as a young salesman. I didn't. Um, I was getting paid either way, so I was getting, I wasn't on commission. If I was making commission, I could have made more. But again, my motivation is not money, so I just was wanting to help people. So I sold. At, at, at the S price most of my th- time there. I'm sure that I was not a high, um, I mean, I was good as an employee. I, I, I took care of things, I made sure things were happening, but I was not um, helping anybody get any money. I, they were not, I was not the person bringing in the money. Um, and, and I had a problem with, and, and this is a side note, kids, um, don't rent to own stuff. Uh, and that's one of the things like banishments feels like I don't want to buy something but if if there's any indication that your child is going to want to do banned stuff don't rent to own because you get killed by uh, you you end up through interest you end up paying more than that instrument is worth and that's the same for a lot of stuff I mean I, I get it sometimes you find yourself and but just just know that you pay way more when you rent to own something um, than when you just buy it, uh, and and that was one of the things I had a I had a huge problem with. Uh, it wasn't it felt fairly shady to me that we didn't explain to people that renting to own an instrument uh, was going to be a a bad financial decision. I get it; it's not really the the company's job. People should look into that, but I I was just not good. I was just not comfortable with it. Um, I just I don't I don't like. My motivation is not making money, uh, and so my motivation is helping people, and so I was not a good salesperson. So if you if you want somebody that's gonna you know stick it to somebody, I have friends. I have a friend that uh, works in the uh, uh, the motorsports world, and and he he told me he goes, yeah, man, I just I'll tell you here's here's the price that it's listed at. That's the best price for me. You tell me how much you want me to knock off that, and I'll see what I can do. And he's like, you know, usually people will knock about on a six thousand dollar, like, uh, what a a four wheeler. They'll knock like four hundred dollars off. Yeah, I'll do that all day because I'm making money. And I'm just like, man, I just can't do that. That's not my style of of things. So, oh man, Um, this podcast is going to be really long uh, because I'm only just to. How I ended up where I ended up, but um, yeah, I, I I I'm gonna cut it off. Maybe we'll do part two next week. I don't know. We'll see. Got a little more time though. So so that so so there I was um, doing that, and and then I did some some work for Baptist Student Ministries. Uh, they asked me to come back and be an intern for them. I did that, um, and and while I was there. Um, I began to get uh, the the feeling that God was calling me to something else, and 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 a lot of times, um, that is the hard hardest thing to listen for and hear and understand. I was I was working for this church. I had a good friend. We lost our pastor. I was kind of the guy that stepped in and did a lot of the pastor work um, and had a good friend come over and become the pastor and it was it was awesome I loved working with him loved doing ministry with him 
Um, he's one of the first people, one of the only pastors I've ever seen in person. Uh, not the only one, but one of the only ones. Just lay down on his face before God and pray. Uh, and I'd join him. Like, he taught me that. Uh, so, I, so I love that. Um, thanks, Cork. Um, and just how humble he was and, and and the way that he loved his wife. And it was great. But God started to, to work on my heart. And and I was like, ah, I think God's, God's got something for me that's next. And the, the spring of... Um, Let's see, that would have been two years after I graduated the spring. I was interning, and one of my one of the leaders, uh, one of the college students who I was praying with and kind of mentoring as the intern, um, was like, "Hey, I need you to pray for for this. Not not hey, I need you to come do this, but he's like, hey, I need you to pray for this. There's this ministry." that's going to open a family camp in Lake City, Colorado. Now, a couple things here. God moments. God God winks here. Um, Lake City happened to be a place that I had gone to a mission trip with my dad, which is amazing. When I was a sophomore, we had gone to Lake City. So amazing. So beautiful. Helped put together. Uh, we put siding on the outside of the um, the fellowship hall. And it was an, just such an amazing trip. Loved it. And so when he said, hey, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Lake City. And I was like, already my mind's going, Lake City. I like Lake City. This, um, and, and I had taken my youth group two years before that to do vacation Bible school in Colorado. So I am always keen to be in Colorado. Um, he goes, hey man, I, yeah, we need we need another, we need another guy to come work at this ministry, um, and he's like, can you pray that God will send that person? And I don't know if it was at that conversation, or um, if it was shortly thereafter, maybe the next time we met, I was like, hey man, I'm your guy. <laughs> like I don't like I'm. I I want I I don't know what you guys are doing, and I really had no clue, and they had no clue. Really, they had some some dreams and some visions, and and I was like, okay, I have no clue what you guys are doing, but I'm in. And so he's like, okay, well, you got to talk to uh, um, the people that are opening up the thing, and um, and I did, and and they said, yeah, yeah, come on up. So that's what I did. I, I, I packed all my stuff, took it back home to, to my parents' house, and then took my clothes, my guitar, um, and, and headed to Lake City, Colorado to go work for a summer. After which, um, my plan was to go to Indianapolis and help my friend uh, start a campus ministry there. Um, he was a, a North American missionary, but... But I was I was headed there, and and when I got to Colorado, um, I God uh, knew I needed to be there. Because um, I met two people that shaped my faith in in ways that even now I still can't understand. I still look back fondly on those times, uh, and. Um, 
it was where I needed to be. It was where I needed to be. I think if you, but I think the problem that, that I struggle with, um, maybe, maybe we'll pick up in Colorado next week, part two. What I struggle with is that I've always been ready to go whenever God calls. I've never been too attached to a place, to people, to um, a church or a job that so attached that when God says, hey, I got something, I've got somewhere for you to go. I've got some place I want you to be. That I've, that I've, I've never been so attached that I've said, God, I can't. Instead, I've said, what I feel like is 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 what Moses would would say is what Abraham would say is what Paul would say, which is God. Where do you want? I'm here. You know, Moses says this. He says Moses says to God, God. You know, after the whole golden calf thing, God goes, Moses, just go on. I, I you know what? I can't I can't go with you people because if I do, I will consume you. And Moses says, God, if you don't go, then you're not. Then don't send me because I don't want to go anywhere that you're not. Don't don't God. If you're not going before, if you're not leading the way, if this is not where you want us to go, I'm not going. God said, all right, Moses, I'll, I'll go. I'll lead you. I'll be with you. And Moses is like, that's right, because I'm not going anywhere. You're not there. Abraham, God says to Abraham, says, Abraham, gather your family. You're going on a journey, and I'll tell you where you're going. You're going to the promised land, and I'll tell you when you get there. And Abraham says, all right, I'm going. Paul says, Paul says, God, wherever, wherever I, where, use me wherever you want me to go. Even to my death, even to Rome, so that I might proclaim the gospel. And I think that that's always been my heart. And if I look back and reflect on my life, I feel like that's what I've tried to live true to. And I feel like I've followed God in all the places that I've gone. But it's hard to explain to somebody uh, when they look at like your resume or they look at your life and they go, how are you here now? How did, how did you get here? And sheepishly, I go, well, I know it's cliche, but I just, I just followed God. And, and even times now when, um, you know, there's been a few transitions that I've done uh, over the past couple of years, uh, at least uh, different different we've we've moved we've we lived in different houses we've we've I've done different things at my job um, it's sometimes hard to understand some some people God calls to to one singular thing and they do that thing and that's that's good it's good that that God calls people to do that 
but that's that's not my story um, and as cliche as it may seem I have no better answer than my life is a result of me chasing after who I think God wants me to be and where I think God wants me to be I think that um, I've been listening, as I said last week. I've been listening, thinking through this idea of making decisions. And I think that one, one of the things that's hard for the world to understand, and even Christians, even people who know God to understand, is the choices that we make. God, God calls people to all different types of choices. He calls us to respond. And I, I honestly have never planned, like, how did I, how did I get here? And, and, this, and it seems like the easy answer, but it's the truth. It's not cliche. It's not glib. I'm here because God brought me here. Because I've... I've prayed, I've sought his will, I've, I've sought his guidance, and, and this is where I am. It does mean that, I'm ha that I have to accept some realities, uh, that I have to accept some truth. Um, you know, I, I didn't put together a plan that would take me to, to be a pastor at a mega church. I, like, like, you know, here's a five-step plan, or, or I didn't take, take a, put together a plan that would um, put me into a place that, that I would be uh, the first candidate for upper-level upper leadership because I, I just didn't consider those things. Um, I just thought, God, and prayed, God, what is it that you want me to do? And then I was like, God, direct my heart. And I went where he directed my heart. So I worked in Colorado for two wonderful people who changed my life, my spiritual understanding. My, they, they trained me. They prepared me in ways they, they, that they don't even know. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in the next episode. But the challenge I have for you, as you, as I hope you've enjoyed maybe a little bit of me reminiscing about my life and, and uh, <laughs> trying to rehash who I am and why I am the way I am, is that you would hear the, the same call, that, that God would be calling you. Maybe it's not move across the country or move to a new job. Maybe it's just across the street to a neighbor, to a friend, to a coworker. Say, God, how do you want to use me? And then, and, then, and then be willing to say, I will go. And live that out. That's the challenge. That's the goal. That's the hope. That we would hear and follow God. Hope you have a blessed week this week, friends. I hope that you can, as you pray, as you seek God, that you will hear his voice and speak to your heart and that you'll follow. God bless.